Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit is fed, and my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. You know, our victories in life are not all up to God. Uh, He's not ordaining failure and defeat in our lives, but we have a vital part to play, and that part is faith. You know, Jesus' life and ministry, uh, the people who got healed and got delivered uh, in his ministry, he told them repeatedly, your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you whole. According to your faith, be it unto you. He put the emphasis on the individual's faith, not on the power of God or on the will of God, like much of the church world is doing today. People say, well, it's just all up to God. Well, that's not what Jesus taught. That's not what the Word reveals. He, he put the emphasis on the individual's faith. And faith, we found, must be fed. Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Just like your body will get weak and even sick if it doesn't get the proper nourishment, nutrition, well, your spirit will just get weaker and weaker, and your faith will just fail if it's not fed. So your faith needs to be fed on a regular basis and used. And if you'll feed it and exercise it, it'll get stronger, and you'll overcome, and things that used to just seem impossible to you will seem entirely doable. (laughs) And all things are possible to him that believes. So come on into the class. And sit down in your seat here, and let's pray and release faith for an utterance for the class. Lord, in Jesus' name, we ask you for the anointing, for revelation, for understanding, for the flow of your Spirit, for the quickening uh, by your Spirit of our spirit, our inner man, our mind, our emotions, our body, our life. Uh, we quicken us. Class, say it out loud. Quicken me according to your word. We release faith for this, Lord, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Look in our great textbook, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Hebrews 10, 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. If any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We see uh, the definition of faith, that it is confidence of what's expected. It is conviction of what is not seen or confirmed by the senses. And then we see living examples of men and women who lived and walked by faith in previous generations to us. And faith, uh, you know, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians that we have the same spirit of faith as these. Faith works today exactly like it did with Abel, Noah, Enoch, Abraham. And so uh, uh, we don't have to be in the dark or confused about what real faith is. Look how, look what Enoch did. Look what Abel did. Look what Noah did, and Abraham, and, and then Sarah. And as we're looking at that, 
it'll bear witness with us because we have the same spirit of faith in us that Abraham walked in when he was on the earth. And we need that confirmation to go, yeah, that, well, how the Lord's leading me, that sounds similar to how he led Abraham. Then you know you're on the right track. Same spirit, God doesn't change, and faith is the same. And we see that every one of these uh, is described, their faith is described with an action, some type of action. By faith, Abel offered. By faith, Enoch walked with God. By faith, Noah prepared the ark. And verse 8, with Abraham, we see his faith was demonstrated by his obedience. He obeyed God and he went out, left his home, left his people, not knowing where he went. And he lived temporarily in tents with those that were with him. And he kept looking for what God had prepared. He looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, you know, living by sight and living in sin, uh, one will sacrifice tomorrow for today. But living by faith and walking, looking for God's best, you will make sacrifices today for a better tomorrow. Can you see that? And uh, nothing, uh, the scripture talks about in Romans that, you know, the trials, the tribulations, the challenges and sacrifices of this present life are not even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. I assure you, you live to be 150. <laughs> when you're breathing your last, you will not in your last breath say, man, I wish I'd have been more selfish in my life. <laughs> I wish I'd have just lived more for me and what I want. No, no, no. You'll be glad for any and every sacrifice you made for the gospel's sake, for the church's sake, for the people of God's sake. And at that point, even big sacrifices that you might have made, they'll look very small. They'll say, well, they're not even worthy to be compared with what I'm getting now. Praise God. And you know, Jesus said that there'll come a time when those that have been faithful, he'll tell them, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, few things. I'll make you ruler over much. Amen. Praise God. So uh, we, we would not regret any sacrifices we make in this life. Be willing to make sacrifices today for a greater tomorrow. You'll see that in the uh, Actually, that's described in this 11th chapter. We'll see it perhaps later. But he goes on in, later in this book in verse 17 to describe uh, the later walk of faith that Abraham experienced. When he, verse 17 says, When he was tried, he offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Let's go back to Genesis, read about that just a little bit. Genesis, the 22nd chapter. We start reading about Abram's walk with God in chapter 12. And so now here's 10 chapters later, a lot has happened. Years have gone by. 
a number of years. And uh, with, without going into all the detail right now, if you've read it, you know how that God told uh, Abram that he was uh, his great reward and, and he was in covenant with him. And, and, and Abram said, well, uh, what will you give me seeing I go childless? He, had, he was rich. He was very, very wealthy in livestock and gold and precious metals and had hundreds of people working for him. And, and, and yet he's getting old now. And he's saying, but what good is all this? I got nobody to leave it to. And um, the Lord told him in a few verses later, he said, uh, this, this servant you're talking about, he's not going to be your heir, but uh, the heir will come from you and from Sarah. Well, Abraham laughed. Sometimes we talk about Sarah laughed, but Abraham laughed first. He laughed and laughed. He thought, that's, that's crazy. As old as I am and as old as Sarah is, and she couldn't conceive when she's 20, and her body's already changed now that she's older, and he just thought that was funny. And he said, Lord, I owe that Ishmael may live before you. And the Lord said, well, I'm going to bless him and help him, but my, you know, my seed is going to be through him. Your seed's going to be through uh, Isaac. And so it happened. It was amazing. There was a lot happened after that. I mean, another uh, king took Sarah <laughs> to be his wife, and God had to move supernaturally to get her back to him. And, and, and uh, you know, he met uh, these angels of the Lord and talked to them and pled the case for Sodom and Gomorrah and, and then Sodom and Gomorrah was wiped out and uh, Lot and his two daughters immediate family was supernaturally saved and, and, and then in the season of life Sarah brought forth a child Isaac and they named him Isaac, they named him Laughter and you talk about a special time can you imagine around the tents there what an amazing time. Word gets out about things like this. And people are saying, what happened? Abraham and Sarah had a baby? <laughs> it was just, it was, it was a sign. It was a wonder. And now the, the, the boy is uh, no longer a child. He's up several years old now. A lad, we might call him, young man. Uh, and uh, verse 20, chapter 22 it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, behold, I'm here. Now, this word tempt is King James. And I think a better word, if you look it up, uh, and it's, all, it's translated this way, numerous other places, that same word's translated prove, P-R-O-V-E, prove. You could translate it also test. Now, one reason I, I mention about tempt is because in our, you know, words actually change meanings through the generations. And uh, some of the words cause our minds to go down a certain vein of thinking. And when we hear tempt, we hear tempted to do something bad, tempted to sin. And that is not at all what this is talking about. In fact, James, if you remember, talks about 
the scripture said, let no man say when he's tempted that I'm tempted of God because God can't be tempted of evil and he doesn't tempt anybody to do evil. How many believe that? And the scripture actually said there in James, don't say when you're tempted that God tempted me. It specifically said, don't say that. And so when the Bible says don't say something, then you shouldn't say it, right? God is not tempting anybody to do wrong. That has never happened, and it never will. Well, what does this mean then? God proved Abraham. You could also say tested. But you know, if you look at other scriptures... The, the idea is to test so as to approve. You know, Jesus gave the example of the man that didn't respond to the banquet because he said, I have five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. What's he saying? He's not saying I'm going to tempt them. He's saying I'm going to prove them out to, to demonstrate what they can do. And the scripture says that our faith will be tried and proven. And I'd add this, so that it may be approved. Approved. We've already seen in the first part of the 11th chapter of Hebrews that it says repeatedly that God praises his people's faith. That he testified of the patriarch's faith. Well, you couldn't testify of something that was never demonstrated. You couldn't approve something that was never proven. Go with me to Peter, please. Hold your place there in Genesis. We're just getting started with that. But First uh, Peter, the first chapter, and verse 7. First Peter 1 and 7. It says that the trial of your faith, the what? Trial. trial. That's that same idea. The proving, the testing of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. He compares it to gold being tested or proven by fire. And what's the purpose of that? To get rid of the junk <laughs> so that all that remains is the pure. Right? Get rid of the junk so that all that remains is the pure and something pure that can be heralded, that can be praised. Isn't that what he said? That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, the, your, the, your faith might be found to praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The Lord gives us opportunities even commands us to do things and calls us 
to do things or to give things or to obey. And these situations try our faith and reveals our heart. It reveals whether we'll do it or whether we won't. It reveals how far our love for him goes. If we get to a place and go, no, no, that's it. <laughs> I'm not going any further than that. That's all I'm going to give you. I, I trust you. I've trusted you up to here, but now that's just too far. And if, if we stop short or again draw back, then the Lord's not pleased with that. Well, what's he pleased with? Faith. So that you go on, go further. And one of the reasons he's not pleased is because you just told him, I can't bless you anymore. I can't use you beyond this. I, I can't add to you more than this. And this is not just for this life. Who's going to have the greater place in the kingdom of God? throughout eternity are going to be those whose faith went further, who obeyed further. You remember the Bible said concerning uh, Caleb, when most of the Israelites murmured and complained and wouldn't go into the promised land, the Lord said about Caleb and Joshua too, he said, he has another spirit, a different spirit. And he went on to say, he followed me fully. Oh, somebody say, follow, follow. Fully. fully. See, how far will you go? And so when it says that, that the Lord proved Abraham's faith, or his faith was tested, uh, how far will Abraham go? <laughs> how far will he go obeying God? How much Will he give God? Where's the point where it gets too big and it's too much and, and Abram just chokes and goes, I'm sorry, God, but you can't ask me for Isaac now. And with Abraham, here's why he's in the book. There was no cutoff. There was no limit. There was nothing he wouldn't do for God. Now, everybody likes to think <laughs> that that's them, but it's not true. It's not. Sadly, with many people, we don't want to judge anybody. We want to look at ourselves. But just being in the ministry for a few years now, there are so many times God barely asked anything of a person, and it was too much. They're like they couldn't be bothered. It, just, it interrupts their routine and, and their lifestyle or it cuts in on their hobbies or their recreation and they're like, I'm sorry, I don't have time. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. And they don't realize they're not just telling men and women, I'm sorry. God was the one who wanted them to do that. And of course, if you choke at this little thing, you're never going to find out about this, right? Because there's a lot of steps between here and there through a lifetime of following him. Are you stirred in your heart? Do you, do you want to be like your father Abraham? Amen. Come on, I mean, I want to see a hand. I'm looking for hands out here too. Uh, do, would you say, I am the seed of Abraham. I am the seed of Abraham. I have faith like Abraham's. I have the same spirit of faith as Abraham. Glory to God. 
What does that mean? There is no limit to what I'll do for God. There is no cap. And even if we've made mistakes in the past, that's the past, we can make an adjustment in our heart. And we can really be that way. Amen. If you are, oh boy, what God will do with you, what he will do for you. He will do things in your life that most people never experience. And it's not because he's a respecter of persons. It's because you would go further with him than they would. You'd give him more. I remember some years ago, the Lord kept saying this to me. He said, Keith, I'll take all you give me. I'll take all you'll give me. He's talking about of my life, of my of place in my life. Because, uh, you know, people compartmentalize. And there's a lot of people that they've given God a little slot on Sunday morning. <laughs> if the preacher don't go too long. <laughs> you know, they'll give him, you know, so, some folks, that's why a lot of church services have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter because they'll only want, you know, I'll give God 20 minutes. I'll give him 30, you know, I might give him an hour, but you go past that and people begin to, you know, I, I, I got to get to my life. Come on, can you see this? I, I have a life. Well, Jesus said, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you lose it for his sake and the gospels, you'll find it. You'll find life eternal. Oh, glory to God. How many think we should not ignore the Lord? We shouldn't make him wait on us. We, we shouldn't compartmentalize. Can you see what he, he continued to say to me? Keith, I'll take all you'll give me. As much of your life as you'll give me. As much of a place in your life. And it's easy for people to say, oh no, I, God, you have everything. Well, it, most of the time that's empty talk. When it comes time to do it, then we find out. And, and all of us, our faith is at different places and levels. Don't kid yourself. There are places where your faith will, you'll start choking. <laughs> you'll go, what? what do what? <laughs> How much? <laughs> and that's where you find out, are you going to draw back? Are you going to fade? Are you going to wilt? Or are you going to step up? Right? Are you going to step up and say, no, Lord, uh, whatever you say. I know we talked about, uh, it was a previous class this week, how that Phyllis and I, uh, the Lord began to deal with us to pastor. And we had thought, my, we never thought about that. And uh, uh, we were in uh, Tulsa and had been there for 20 years. And the Lord dealt with us about relocating to Branson. Well, Branson's a small place and didn't have a good airport. And we travel and and it just, there were so many reasons and it didn't seem good. And, and, and one day I was getting ready and, and the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, Keith, do you believe I can do for you better than this? Better than what we had, better than what we had accumulated, better than what we had accomplished. I stopped. I said, yes, Lord. Yes, sir, I do. What, what's he asking me? Will you give me this? Hmm? Give me this, 
turn loose of this, reach out for this. And so we did. And uh, praise God, looking back now, you're thinking, boy, what a dummy you'd have been <laughs> if you'd have held on to this. And of course, our, when our faith journey started, we had a little, uh, I don't know, 15-year-old mobile home that was in terrible shape and a little used car and a little used pickup. And it felt like we were leading the world to leave that and our home folks and follow the Lord. And, and looking back now, you think, man, wouldn't it have been pitiful if we'd have held on to that little mobile home, <laughs> held on to that little, little wore out car. But see, that's all you had, right? That's all you had at the time. And so uh, can you see, this is the second main time in just a few verses where it says that somebody by faith offered to God. Another way of saying that is they gave it. They gave it to God. Abel, by faith, gave a more excellent sacrifice to God. Now here it says that Abraham, when he was tested, he offered. He gave. And what did he give? <laughs> he, he'd, he'd have rather given... A thousand cows, right? <laughs> He'd already given all the gold he had, all the silver he had, but God asked for Isaac. And to obey is better than sacrifice. What do you mean? A lot of times the Lord will ask for people's time and they want to give him some money. <laughs> he didn't ask for the money on that. He asked for the time. Right? You, you can't substitute something else and say, well, Lord, I, I don't want to give you that right now, but let me give you a bunch of this. Mm -mm. You're trying to sacrifice instead of obey. Will the Lord ever ask you for your Isaac? Yes. He did Abraham. He will you. He will me. It may start off as your favorite outfit. It may start off as the best car you've ever had. You're with me. Not too long back, I sold, a few years ago, sold the best car I ever had and didn't have one of those for years. But here just a few months ago, I got one way better than that. Would God ever ask you for your favorite yes. and for your best? He will. Not because he's trying to take something from you. It's an opportunity to prove. Come, come, can you see this? Demonstrate your faith. Why? Not so just to, just to say, yeah, it, it worked. To approve you, not just for this life, but even into the next. That your, pray, that, that your faith may be praised and honored and glorified at the appearing of Christ Jesus and that you might receive an eternal place in his kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you, you proved in this life he can trust you. He can trust you all the way. There's nothing you won't do for him. Come on, say it out loud, Lord. Lord I, trust I trust you. And by your grace, by your grace I, say by I say by faith, there's nothing I won't do for you. There's nothing I won't give you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, that's it for today. We'll see you next time in Faith School.